Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Mindset Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Jensen, and today in episode 122, we're talking about how I can is more important than IQ, and we'll tell you why. The morning of June 25th, 2012 changed my life forever. I received a phone call from my wife and she said to me, she said, Riley, don't panic, but I just got out of the doctor's office and we're going to be delivering the baby in two days and we need to do an emergency um, birth. And (laughs) after getting off the phone with her, I'm like, don't panic, really? Don't panic. We were at 24 weeks and six days on June 25th, and I'd looked up mortality rates. I'd looked up all these reasons why it was important for the baby to stay in the womb for as long as possible, and I had a whole load of reasons to tell the doctor as to why we were leaving the baby in my wife's womb, and as it turned out, I learned a lot. I learned a lot over the next four and a half months. One was... Delivering the baby was the only way that we were going to save my my wife's life and the only way that we were going to be able to save my baby's life is if we were paying attention to details and if we were doing everything that we could, including prayer, including being smart and doing everything that we could to make good decisions over the next few months. And there were a lot of tough days. My baby was born at one pound, one ounce on June 27th of 2012. And there were all sorts of tests that were extremely stressful, both to myself and to my wife, to our marriage, to those that were around us, and especially to my lovely little Alexis. Um, There were such things as getting tests for brain bleeds and waiting four incredibly long hours to find out what that meant and what that meant to our family, what that meant to Alexis, what that meant as far as the future goes. There were all kinds of things that we were worried about as far as the oxygen. If the oxygen was too high or too low, if it was too low, it could cause her organs to not um, function properly and she could shut down. If the oxygen was too high, it could blow out her retina, causing her eyes to shut down. There was just a lot of delicate things that were going on during these um, four and a half months that we were in the hospital. But on day 60, there was a a particularly difficult situation for me and my wife. And obviously, all of these things were difficult for Alexis, although she doesn't remember a lot of it. But my wife indicated that she thought something was wrong with our baby. She looked at our baby and she's like, Riley, can't you tell there's something wrong? There's something wrong with Alexis. And I... I looked at Alexis, and she had a little bit of a blue color to her, but she we'd been through a lot where she, she she seemed to have some different coloring and some different things, so I wasn't sure, um, but sure enough, George Ann was right. There was a problem, and the doctors came in, and there were numerous more tests that were given to Alexis, and after holding my daughter's head up while she received a spinal tap... I was exhausted. I was finished. I was spent. And once again, we had to wait a long period of time for answers. And the answers came back. 
The answers came back that my daughter had potassium levels of nine. And from our understanding of potassium, anything over a five can put your life in extreme danger. In fact, it can put you into cardiac arrest. Um, these high potassium levels are super, super dangerous. Well, there was a million questions. Why? What? How did this happen? Uh, none of which were completely satisfactory, although we loved our doctors and nurses, so uh, don't take that in the wrong way. Um, but we were just confused. And when she made it through this scenario and the potassium levels came back, I was I was done. I remember just feeling exasperated and feeling so just discouraged and down, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. And I remember speaking with my mother, and I remember her encouraging me, and she told me that I could do anything for a day. And I remember just looking at her like, yeah, this isn't a day, Mom. This has been 60 days. And I know that she just had great intentions, and there was a great amount of love that was taking place in that conversation, but I just was having a hard time listening. And then I I heard a talk from my church, and it spoke of a woman who had dealt with cancer, and she'd gone through all the process, and she'd gone into remission, and then she found out about a year and a half later that she had the exact same cancer in the exact same form in the exact same difficulties that were laying ahead of her. And she had gone to her mother, and her mother had said something very similar that my mother had said to me, and it, it still hits me really, really hard when I think about the the lovely words that this mother shared with her daughter. And the daughter had said to her mother, she had said, Mom, I can't do this again. I, I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the ability to go through this again. I can't make it through another six months of chemotherapy and this difficult, rigorous process. And her mom turned to her and she said, but can you make it through today? Can you make it through today? And I thought that was a poignant and extremely valuable lesson for me while I was sitting in the hospital listening to this talk. Can you make it through today? I can. I can make it through today. And that became my theme for the next 53, 54 days in the hospital. I can do today. I can do it. And the reason I bring up this story is because I think I can had much more to do with my family making it through this crisis than IQ did. Yes, we did everything we could to understand the situation. Yes, we were trying to be smart about our decisions. Yes, we were very prayerful. Yes, my wife is extremely intelligent. However, it was that inner voice that made the difference. It was that inner comforter that whispered, you can do this. The key for us was to listen with all the noise and the confusion and the fear of the NICU. Listening was the key. So as I'm talking to you athletes today and as I'm talking to people today, it's important that you make room for that voice that tells you that you can do it because you can. Here's my challenge to you today. If you're on the playing field, if you're in the boardroom, or if you're out in the sales world, there will be noise. It comes in the form of social media. It comes in the form of gossip. 
It comes in the form of your own mental chatter and your own negative self-talk. Find a way to listen to that voice inside of you that's telling you that you can. It is a whisper, but if you listen, it is strong. It is a whisper, but if you listen closely, it is precise and it is clear. You can do this. You got this. Listen to that inner voice. Listen to that inner why telling you that you can do it. And you'll be able to get back up again. You'll be able to face your fears again. And you'll be able to confront that challenge just one more time. And sometimes getting up one more time or facing that challenge one more time is all that is needed to be successful. I love that thought. I know you can do it. Bear with me and you'll make it through. That's all I have for today. Will you share this podcast with others? Will you share it today on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever it is that you're on social media? Will you log on to iTunes and leave a comment and a rating? I'd really appreciate it if you do. When I get feedback from you, when you leave me messages, when you leave me notes, it seriously makes me feel good about the process that we're making and for the podcast that we're creating each week. If you have questions or concerns about this episode, or if there's a topic that you'd like me to talk about, feel free to email me at Riley at RileyJensenConsulting.com, or you can reach out to me via Twitter at Riley Jensen. And hey, let's do this again tomorrow. 